Welcome to episode 31 of Spencer Talks About Stuff. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I know some of you who are listening have not left a review yet, so please scroll to the bottom of my page and click on the five stars. It's really, really simple and easy to do, and it will help me out a ton. You can also write a review and let everyone know what you think about the podcast, and I'm also live on Spotify and Stitcher. For today's amendments, I wanted to chat about one thing from World War I, I am currently reading a book about the military tactics of World War I before Germany decided to invade France through Belgium, which was known as the Schlieffen Plan. They were considering whether to invade France or Russia first. They settled on France because they thought Russia was still recovering from the Russo-Japanese War. This took me down a rabbit hole because I never knew that Russia and Japan fought a war against each other. Russia fought Japan because they wanted a warm water port in Mongolia, and this happened in 1904 and 1905. The peace deal from this war was brokered by none other than Theodore Roosevelt, and the generals that commanded troops for the Japanese army were actually raised as samurai. It's a fascinating rabbit hole to go down, and I highly recommend reading about it if you are interested in history or military history. For Spencer's favorites, I'd like to recommend two burger joints in Boise, Big Bun Drive-In on Overland. I recommend their Western Cheeseburger, and I highly recommend their Shakes. And I'd also like to recommend Burger Belly down on Broadway by the Boise State Campus. Their Double Bacon Cheeseburger might be my favorite burger of all time. Please subscribe to Spencer Talks About Stuff and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I know some of you haven't done that yet, so please do it. And you can also write a review and let everyone know what you think about the podcast. Without further ado, here's episode 31 of Spencer Talks About Stuff. All right, welcome to episode 31 of Spencer Talks About Stuff. Today on the podcast, I have Angel Smith. Um, Angel is actually girlfriend of the brother of one of my best friends <laughs> it's like the three degrees of kevin uh-huh. bacon whatever yeah so how's it going it's going pretty good good yeah so i i actually was told by des who's your boyfriend's brother's girlfriend who's a very close friend of mine that i needed to have you on the podcast because you are a female in a male-dominated world, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with your job. So yeah. I, most of my jobs were very male-dominated. Yeah. So you and you said you just moved on. You you were painting cars. Yep, I was doing auto body for about five years. Okay, and how'd you get into that? I wanted to paint my own motorcycle tank. I got so I got a divorce, and my gift to myself after I got a divorce was like, I'm gonna buy a big girl bike because I had a little. 1978 Honda CB125. Okay. And it was just like pretty much a moped. Yeah. And I was like, I want something bigger and cooler. <laughs> so got a divorce and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get a big girl bike. So I got a motorcycle and the tank was red on it. I was like, I don't like red and black together a lot. I think a lot of people do it. It's kind of cliche. Yeah. Or... Played out. Everyone, you know, it's like, I want to paint it something different. So I took it to an auto body shop and they're like, it's going to cost $500. Like, I'm not paying $500 to get this done. So I just asked Trevor some questions about it because he used to do prep work for paint. And Trevor's your boyfriend. Trevor's my boyfriend, yep. yep. And uh, he kind of helped walk me through it, and I painted it myself. And his stepdad works at an auto body place, and he saw it, and he's like, you did this on your own, and 
it's like, yeah. He's like, you want a job as a prepper? So I went ahead and I took it and I just kind of skyrocketed from there pretty quick. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. My, and- my career, the last place I worked at was Regenerated Rides and it um, was a very high end like auto body place hundred thousand dollar paint jobs that is insane crazy well we i obviously follow you on instagram and i've seen some of the work you've done and it's it seriously looks like insanely professional Uh like stuff you'd see on tv yeah yeah that's what i that's what you strive for especially (laughs) that regenerated rides place they did really really high-end high-end paint jobs yeah yeah. it was pretty cool yeah i didn't know you were married before yeah dang yep i got me i was married for god three years okay yeah so my name used to be Angel America Rambo. My last name was you, Rambo before. No way. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. So what's so your your maiden name but your real last name now is Smith. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. But is America your middle name? Yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and is it is it America with a K? Yes. Cuz my biological mom is German. Okay. So my dad, he was also in the army and he was stationed in Germany. He knocked up a German lady. That's where that I came from. Kind of sounds like every dude overseas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's where I came from and uh she wanted he wanted my middle name to be he almost named me Portia. Oh. Yeah. But so they settled on Angel and then America but spelled the German way. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I always think uh whenever a, like a boomer American looking guy is married to a Korean gal. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, you were stationed in Korea yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I wanted to ask you too. So you were in the army mm-hmm. and you were telling me before you went to Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, how long were you in the army for? I was in for eight years. Okay. Yeah. I was a military police officer in the army and I was stationed in Germany for two years, Mannheim, Germany. Uh, during that year I was in Afghanistan for a year and then stationed in Washington, D.C. Um, for security of the Center of Military Intelligence. Oh, and then wow. the last two years of in the Army, I was a drill sergeant. Oh, no way. Uh-huh. Crazy. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah. You don't seem like the kind of person that would I know. yell at people. <laughs> <laughs> I think about it now. I'm like, God, how did I do that? But it's just the hat. The yeah, hat and yeah. the atmosphere. and yeah. Makes it intimidating. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was it fun being a drill sergeant? Oh, it was a blast. Yeah. It was the best. It was the best hardest two years of my life it was so rewarding but also just fucking with privates is <laughs> hilarious is it is it just like boot camp or do you trade off and do other stuff afterward like is it is it called ait yeah ait after? so what i did was just basic training okay because i was at fort jackson so we did just basic training there um and then we would shuttle them and then they would go to their respective AIT or their job. So is it, it's eight week, eight weeks of basic or nine weeks? Nine, or? 10. Okay. You've got like a week of in processing and then you've got uh, nine weeks of basic training. Okay. And then AIT afterwards is mm-hmm. like their, is it advanced individual training? Is that what it yep. stands for? It's your job training where you, you get your specialized training. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. And I can't, like, I assume you have to trade off with other drill sergeants, right? Like you kind of tag team it. Like you're not in there seven days a week are you oh yeah oh you are oh you're there for seven you're there from four o'clock in the morning until at least 10 o'clock at night whoa every monday through monday through sunday wow every single day yeah holy smokes all day sometimes you're you don't even go home for a week because you do field training so you're out in the field which is like army camping yeah you know so you're out in the field and you just got to stay out there so you're 
five days out there. And is that like when you're teaching them how to use a compass and read a map and that kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. We'll teach them. We'll give them like a class before a classroom class. And then once the field comes, then we kind of make them put what we taught them to use. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Crazy. Uh That's awesome. I had no idea. Uh So were you the only female drill sergeant when you were there? No, no, there were, there's not a lot of female drill sergeants. There's actually a, a shortage whenever I was a drill sergeant, there was a shortage of female drill sergeants. Um, but there's usually like one to two per company and each company has got about, about 10 drill sergeants. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. I was thinking about going in the army at one point. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was thinking about like boot camp and I'm 30 years old and I'd be around a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds. You would, but people do it. Yeah. 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 I, I was surprised. Uh, Chris Kyle went into the Navy when he was 30. Yeah. Do you know American sniper? Uh Yeah. I didn't know he was that old. Yep. It's, there's all kinds of older, especially whenever I was a drill sergeant. So 2012, there was still like quite a bit of deployments going on. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That was, I was getting an email. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's quite of, uh, oh, what were, what were we talking about? Uh, quite a bit of uh, deployments going on in 2012. Yeah. So they were letting in a lot of people and there were a lot of people because the recession was still kind of going on. Like, so people were still coming in as a last ditch effort Yeah. Know, to have a job. So you've got like 34, because 35 is the cutoff. Okay. So 34-year-olds were coming in. They're like, I lost my job. I needed some source of income. This is it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they usually did pretty good, you know. And the young kids, I mean, they meshed pretty well. Yeah. But it mostly is, yeah, 17, 18, 19-year-olds. Yeah. yeah. I think I could do a good job of just like keeping my mouth shut and like letting them yell at me and just knowing it's part of the process. Mm-hmm. But like... <laughs> If somebody else, kept, if there was like a private pile type person and mm-hmm. ke- they kept screwing up, I'd probably get fairly annoyed with that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's how it goes. Yeah. So do people <laughs> actually, I mean, through the army, like basic training for just the army, do a lot of people wash out? I wouldn't say a lot of people wash out, but people definitely will. A majority of people, 90%, 85% of people make it through basic training. Okay. Really, you just have to show up. At the right time, at the right place, in the right uniform. Yeah. If you can do those three things, you'll be fine. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You might get yelled at. I mean, you got to be able to pass your PT test. You got to be able to do all that kind of stuff. And, but it's really anybody can do it. I always say the army's the best of the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, they yeah. say it was the best of the best, but <laughs> I say it's the best of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so when you when you went to Afghanistan. Were you guarding a base then if you were in an MP? Uh, I was actually, we did patrols as MPs. You do patrols, but you do like uh, what you call TCPs, traffic control points. Okay. So our main mission was to um, patrol the Afghanistan-Pakistan border. Okay. So we would set up on roads that were coming from Pakistan because Pakistan was supplying a lot of weapons to Afghanistan. Okay. Um. So we would stop vehicles that were coming through on these border towns and we would search their vehicles for weapons, um, grenades, explosives, drugs, that kind of thing. Did you guys find a lot of stuff? Uh, We didn't find much stuff in the vehicles. What we found a lot of, um, we did a thing, we would do things called weapons buybacks. Okay. So you go to a town and you essentially say, 
we're gonna if you guys bring us your weapons or whatever like artillery you've got or whatever you have just to get weapons off of the streets in Afghanistan um we'll buy them from you so they would bring up you to have these it was kind of scary to have these little Afghani kids with like old landmines oh my god <laughs> they're just bringing you're like wait 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 wait, wait. yeah you stop you just drop that right there yeah um so we would do that and then we would pull information that way okay and we would have military intelligence with us as well there'd be like two of those guys with us and they would question people around and just ask them questions and they would lead us to weapons caches sometimes wow yeah wow so yeah they come and drop something off and you say where'd you get all this stuff mm-hmm. or yeah yep and just start probing uh-huh yeah Wow. That's... We'd win them over with, uh, not win them over, uh, what did we call them? Winning hearts and minds with, oh, what did we call those things? Not weapons buybacks. But it was essentially, we gave them like um, blankets, tarps, saw blades. Oh, wow. Um, things to help improve sweaters, soccer balls, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, very practical things rather mm-hmm. than them having guns out there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever go to Pakistan too? Accidentally. Oh a couple shoot! Times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't don't say. Yeah. Anything. Don't tell me. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were we were right on the we were on the border yeah. of Afghanistan Pakistan and there were times where because the roads aren't late I mean the roads are just where cars have driven for years and have created tire marks in the dirt yeah those are their roads so you don't really know sometimes whenever you kind of go into Pakistan a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's like my sister was doing a, an ultra marathon up on the Montana border Mm -hmm. in Idaho. And I want to say it's near like salmon and chalice and like North of Bora peak. And my brother-in-law and I were driving around in my truck and all of a sudden we were like, I looked on my map and I was like, we're in Montana right now. It was just (laughs) weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Borders. It's bizarre. And that whole disputed territory, I know there's disputed territory between Afghanistan, Pakistan, and India. I mean, I don't know if you guys were like ever in that area. I don't think so. Oh. No. Yeah. We were just in like southern southern Afghanistan, just right where it joined up with Pakistan. Yeah. Did you ever feel unsafe yeah. there? Because <laughs> they, well, they would use, oh, it was called humanitarian aid. So okay. humanitarian aid, we would do those things with them. And then they would, like those saw blades I told you about, they would use those to create pressure plate IEDs. Oh. So they would use the things, the very things that we used. Trying to that, help to them help with them stuff. And they would try to kill, them with, yeah. kill us with them. Jesus. Yep. Because they would take two, because the pressure plate IEDs, so they would stack two anti-tank mines on top of each other. And the anti-tank mines are the size of like a dinner plate and about three inches thick, four inches thick. And they would stack them on top of each other. And those detonate with pressure. So they would put these, the saw blade, one flat one and one bowed one on top of it. So whenever you rolled on top of it, only a vehicle would detonate like a person wouldn't. Yeah. But as soon as a vehicle did, it would hit that, those two metal pieces together oh. and then it would, it would detonate. Oh. Yep. Did you get hit by an IED ever like I that? I didn't. No, I didn't. But, um, my platoon, people in my platoon did, but cause you only usually go out on patrol like in your squad. Yeah. So I had other people in my platoon get it, but luckily I never did. Okay. I heard them and I, like I saw them, but I never got directly Jesus. hit by them. Yeah. Damn. So, so you felt unsafe when you were doing those buybacks or just doing patrols or 
just kind of in general. Yeah. <laughs> just a general kind of uneasiness. Because yeah. we also stayed in our, we stayed in what was called a fire base, which is a really small, like it didn't have running water. It had a generator for electricity that usually didn't work. But um, we stayed there, but we shared that with the Afghani border police, uh. which is who we were training so that we didn't have to do the border patrol mission the Afghani border police could do the border patrol mission. Okay. Um, so we would train them, but then our Lieutenant would give them the briefing the night before of where we were going and like what our path was going to be. And they would tell the bad guys where we were going. And then they would set up those pressure plate IEDs. We were wondering why our platoon kept getting hit with stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was because our LT was briefing them the night prior. And then the ABPs were telling Taliban, and they were blowing us up. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And what year was that that you were there? Uh, 2007. 2000, 2000, yeah, 2006 to 2007. Okay. And we're still in Afghanistan. Yep. Isn't that weird? It is weird. Like, yep. <laughs> I mean, who are we still fighting? Is it the Taliban or do they even know? Or Even when we were over there, if you were to ask any of us why we were over there, we'd be like, I don't know if we were told to, Yeah, <laughs> like, we don't, we don't really know why we're here. We just knew what our mission was, Yeah, but we didn't know if the, I don't know. Do you, did your perspective on the military change? Like once you got into the military? Yeah. I was hard on my dad because my dad was in the army and he was just gone all the time. And even whenever, cause he didn't deploy, but he was a drill sergeant too. Okay. And he was just always gone, always gone, always gone. And I was like, God, dad's always gone. And then being in the army, you're like, oh, well, he didn't have a choice. He had to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. But it was cool. I, I try to talk everybody into joining the military when they're young. Did you, did you join right after high school? Or? I joined while I was in high school. Oh, wow. So I joined after my, I went to basic training my summer after my junior year of high school. Okay. And then it's called split up. So you go to basic training the summer after your junior year of high school. And then after your senior year of high school, you go to AIT. Okay. Yep. Wow. And do they call that? I don't know if this is right or not, but like JROTC no. or is that different? JROTC is um, like high school ROTC. Okay. So it's a total, it's kind of, it's just a different, I didn't do it. And our ROTC is like when you're in college and you don't really have to go to basic, right? Yeah. You don't have to go to basic if you go to yeah, that's it. Are you like look down? You guys look down <laughs> yeah, on those guys? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, just officers kind of, not all officers, but butter bars that just come straight from ROTC and they're already in command of a platoon. Just because they have a degree. Just because or, they have a degree. And yeah. Like, and that's what it's recruit officer training corp? Sure. Something like that. <laughs> just, I, don't I don't know. But they go in there. It, it's like officer candidate school like mm -hmm. that's once you're in the army if you're in the army already so say because i was enlisted enlisted is the opposite of an officer okay so we're the grunts um so the if you're enlisted and then you decide that you want to become an officer then you go to officer ocs yeah whatever okay. ocs stands for and then you can become an officer if you're enlisted once you're already in okay gotcha and you didn't want to do that no. I wanted to work for a living. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, and then when did you get out of the military? 2012. Okay. And that, how long was that? Seven years? 
It was eight years altogether. Eight years. Yeah, because I joined in 2004. Okay. So I think that's right. Four to 12. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I know this is cliche, but thank you for your service. Oh, thank you yeah. for your support. <laughs> and I think, I mean, it sounds like you got some rad stories out of it and learned a lot. And uh-huh. yeah, learned how to work hard. Yeah. And uh, so, well, before we get into my next question, I was going to say I'll crack one of those non-alcoholic They're brewskis. actually not bad. Okay. So I, I am doing sober September, um, just because like, I, I don't know if I've ever gone a, like a whole month without having a drink since I turned 21. Um, and I just figured it'd be a fun challenge. I just turned 30 and I drank a lot on my birthday and it was like, well, I kind of want to see if I can challenge myself and not drink. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I always wonder how I would feel if I stopped drinking. Yeah. But I think, feel like I just get bored. <laughs> Like, well, what it, am I going to do to pass the time? I like the the reason I liked doing like the alcohol thing for the podcast is not to get drunk, but like America is so like centered around alcohol and alcohol is a social lubricant. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know, you can chat about it and people have their own favorite drinks. And sometimes you learn stuff that you never would have known by asking people about what alcohols they like. So mm-hmm. that's why I did it. And Coors, which I'm trying to get sponsored by Coors still. Me you too. have a Coors Me Light? Too. No, <laughs> no way. You have a Coors Light can tattooed on the inside of your arm. Uh-huh. That is awesome. Yep, classy with a K. <laughs> That's so <laughs> rad. Uh, but yeah, Coors has non-alcoholic beer now. Yep. Yeah, so Very cheers. Good. Hopefully Thanks. your mom likes it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So my mom, my mom decided to stop drinking... Um, I think like eight months ago now, it's going to be coming up on a, on a year soon, but she just, she thought she was drinking a little too much and decided late in life, Hey, I'm going to, I'm just going to stop drinking for the rest of my life. So wow. For the rest of her life, rest of her life. She's done. Wow. Yeah. That's a big commitment. Yeah. Pretty. I think it's pretty awesome that she decided to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I know her, her, her father had some alcohol issues when they were younger. Um, and she always says that like alcohol, al- alcoholism runs in our family. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I don't know. I think she just saw it as a challenge and she's tackling it. So, yeah, yeah. that's rad. Yeah. I always, I always get afraid cause I do drink. I feel like I drink a lot and I know that people, even if they're kind of constant drinkers, sometimes if something bad happens, then that kind of flips that switch, that kind of alcoholism switch to turn it on more yeah to turn it on more and kind of use it as a coping mechanism so i'm trying to not drink as much just because yeah. i don't want to i don't know it, this is a weird year yeah it feels it like bad shit is just left and right and it has just been shit yeah, yeah. um sorry pull the mic just a little bit closer um yeah i uh i don't know i like drinking and it's fun to have a drink with people and stuff but i mean i did enough drinking in college that i don't need to like get hammered all the time you know Mm -hmm. yeah so but i've heard that alcoholism is on the rise and booze sales especially are up because of covid and all the weird shits that's happening (laughs) i can see that i was just talking who was i talking to it was someone i was in school with they um we were because when i was stationed in germany ever you can any if you can walk, you can drink. Yeah. Like you're, you're just always allowed to drink. Yeah. So it made me wonder if Americans, if our alcohol laws 
weren't so wasn't until you were 21 that you can drink if they just kind of loosened up on that and made it so it wasn't such a big deal yeah americans make it a very big deal yeah on your 21st birthday Mm -hmm. like you're supposed to just get trashed and colleges about like just drinking and this whole culture around it whereas if you go over to germany where they've been allowed to drink the whole time there's like yeah i drink i think that's probably true with not just booze but like with a lot of things Mm -hmm. too um i don't know it's weird like sex is taboo in america drugs are taboo in america and i was reading something i think it was on reddit the other day about how yeah like a french family or a german family had a foreign exchange student from america come live with them and they just made a fool of themselves when they were drinking Mm -hmm. and it's like the kids just have like wine at dinner Mm -hmm. and then this kid's getting like hammered with them Mm -hmm. and they're like what the heck you can't handle it you don't know anything about this (laughs) The Germans did not like the Americans too much because we they we were I was eighteen years old yeah. in Germany yeah <laughs> you yeah know what I mean with a, a disposable income I had no bills yeah I was getting paid pretty well didn't have to pay for food for housing for nothing yeah and just partied our faces off and the Germans <laughs> did not like us where, where were you in Munich or Mannheim. Okay, where's Mannheim? Uh, it's just it's probably about an hour away from Heidelberg. It's about okay an hour. Which direction? I don't know. Is Heidelberg the college town? I don't know. I feel like I've been there or driven through there. I don't know why I know the name Heidelberg, but it's a pretty popular town in Germany. It's got a really cool castle. Oh yes, that's yeah. why. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's got a rad castle that you can walk through. Me and Trev were supposed to go there this summer. We had this big European vacation. Yeah. Just we were gonna go to the Isle of Man, TT. Okay. This big motorcycle race and God. Yeah, it just all got screwed. Yeah, COVID screwed everything up. Yeah, it's we, real good. We were supposed to go to South America and we were supposed to go to Asia and then we we're probably gonna do another either Germany or somewhere in Europe trip. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like once you start traveling a lot, you kind of figure out the cheap flights and you mm-hmm. kind of figure out the tricks and stuff. And we were kind of just getting a handle on all that stuff. And then now it's like, we got to wait until I don't, I don't even know when it's going to open back up, but I know that's, it's disheartening. Yeah. Uh, we, me and Trev, we were, we started saving like a year in advance and we had everything paid off. We didn't even have to pay for anything cause we had paid it off all so early. So that way we were like, once it comes, we just go and everything's paid for outside of our food. Yeah. Like we'll be, there's nothing. Yeah. And so what what were you guys going to do when you were over there? We were going to fly over because I, I have family over in Germany. So we were going to fly over to Frankfurt, stay with my, my Oma, my grandma over there for a few days. And then we were actually going to rent a car and drive up the Rhine River. Okay. So all along the Rhine, because it's like wine country all along the Rhine River and stuff. And we we're going to drive up there and then we were going to go to... Oh, what's that big racetrack that's over there? In Germany? Yeah, it's a big racetrack in Germany. It starts with an N. Oh, I don't even know. Oh, Trev knows. Is it where they do like going there? They do like time trials for yeah, like the sport fancy sports cars and stuff. Yep, I forget what it because you can rent a car and like race on the track and stuff. Oh, cool. So we were gonna do that, and then we were gonna go on a. He's friends with because Trevor builds motorcycles. Yeah. So he made friends with someone from Belgium on Instagram. Yeah. And we were going to meet up with them. They had no a spare way. motorcycle and we were going to ride the French countryside all the way up to Amsterdam. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Damn. Yep. And then we we're going to hop on a plane from Amsterdam 
to Isle of Man because Isle of Man's just a little island right outside of um, England, okay. Ireland. Yeah. And uh, so we were going to jump on a, a plane, go there, camp on a rugby field. Whoa. Because that's the only place. Because that's just whatever. It's a huge sporting event that's one of the most dangerous races in the world. Yeah. And they race around the whole island. Okay. And But everyone sleeps on like rugby and soccer fields. That's just awesome. camps out. Dang. Yep. Now we're going to come back. How long was the trip going to be? Two weeks. Cool. Yep. Two, two weeks, two and a half weeks. That's awesome. Uh-huh. We, uh, yeah, we did a little road trip. I mean, both times we've been to Europe, we've done road trips. But we drove, yeah, through France and Belgium and Germany and Luxembourg and... It was awesome. Yep. People it, always take the trains, which are great. I love the trains, but there's something about just driving through yeah. it. It's the same. As long as you have a GPS, you yeah. can get wherever. Yeah. I like driving in Europe. And I've actually, I've been over to Europe three times, once without my wife and then twice with my wife. And I rented a car all three times I've been. Mm-hmm. Just because it's like, you get to see all the weird little stuff that you would normally not see if you're just taking planes or taking trains yep like you stop at a gas station in the middle of nowhere and Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of french dudes smoking cigarettes and you're like (laughs) i want a, I want a latte and they're like what are you doing here america (laughs) yeah Yeah. yep it's fun i i love europe yeah and trev had never been there so i was all pumped to like take him and like because isla man's cool i always thought it was cool but trev's a huge like bike guy huge into it so i was really pumped to like take him there and have him like experience this huge life goal of his and yeah oh, i was heartbroken when yeah. he couldn't go damn so did you get stuff refunded or did they like give you credits or anything they or? gave us credits but the credits are it's for ryanair and um ryanair which is only european so if we can't go to europe you know i don't know because you only have a year to use it yeah so i don't know how that's gonna work and then the other one was a canadian airline um so i don't we have credits, but I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Probably going to have to wait till that year comes up and be like, we're not allowed to go there. So can we yeah. have our money back? Yeah. Now? Yeah. 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 Well, my, so one of my good buddies who we, we do CrossFit with and he's a chiropractor here in Boise and I work with his dad actually a lot, um, in my day job and he just flew to Croatia and apparently just flew like today he landed there. <laughs> How are how are they escaping? <laughs> well, he's he posted some stuff on Instagram of like pictures of the plane, and there were still, I mean, it, the plane was probably half capacity flying uh-huh. from America. I think he landed in Munich and then connected from Munich and went to Dubrovnik. But I think Dubrovnik is the only country in the EU, or not Dubrovnik, Croatia is the only country in the EU letting Americans in. Uh-huh. And it's I think if you have a negative COVID test within two days of landing you're cool to go into Croatia. <laughs> How did he find that loophole? <laughs> I have no, I honestly have no idea. And I want to pick his brain about it too. Cause I've been to Dubrovnik a couple times. Where's Dubrovnik? Where is that? It's, it's like s- the most Southern city in Croatia on like the Adriatic. Oh, okay. So it's across from Italy and it's, it's close to Bosnia. Um, it's kind of close to Greece. Um, and it's this old walled city. It's where they shot Game of Thrones. Oh, so rad. like King's Landing is like they just use this old walled city to shoot in there. Um, but yeah, he was asking me all this stuff like, "What should I do while I'm there?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't really know like what's open over there right now." So I wonder I, how Europe is over there right now. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder how the rest of the world 
is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It it sounds like Japan and South Korea are kind of getting back to normal, but yeah. I, I don't really know. I honestly, like, it was COVID overload, and then it's like, you know, the DNC, the RNC, all that crap, and Trump and Biden, and it's like, I kind of disconnected a little bit from the yeah, news just because... To. Yeah, it's You'll too much. Nuts. Too much crap. Yeah, I want to disconnect from everything. Actually, yeah, <laughs> I want to disconnect from. Well, the best way to do that is traveling, and you can't yeah. really. I mean, you can go on a road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Which road trips are rad? Yeah. Me and Trev just went on. Uh, we picked up uh, my grandfather's '56 Cadillac, and we cruised it across the country. No way. Yeah, in four days, we drove like 3,500 miles Whoa. in a '56 Cadillac. Whoa! With no air conditioning, no radio. In the dead of summer. <laughs> yeah. I assume the uh, engine was like rebuilt or something. No. No? Mm-mm. Whoa. Nope. That's awesome. Yeah. Holy smokes. So yeah. where'd, you, where'd you guys drive to? We flew to Fayetteville, North Carolina, which is where my grandfather's at. Okay. And then we drove from there to Indianapolis because that's where my family's at. So we just yeah. used that as a pit stop. And then we went from Indianapolis to... God, Omaha, I believe, which was cool. And then Omaha to um, South Dakota to go see Mount Rushmore. Oh, yeah. And then we drove across, stopped in somewhere in Wyoming. Casper? (laughs) Yeah, Casper, Wyoming, and then bombed it the rest of the way home. Wow. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yep. That sounds like a rad road trip. It was was great. Where'd you guys stay in Omaha? In an Airbnb. Like a really, it was my first time ever staying in an Airbnb. Oh, no way. And it was a real, yeah. We just, because we stayed in Airbnbs that had garages or at least overhangs. Mm-hmm. So the caddy wasn't parked out in the open. Yeah. yeah. Um, Was it close to downtown, do you know? Or like? I would say it was on the outskirts of downtown. Okay. Yeah, but I couldn't tell you anywhere. <laughs> I mean, I the only reason I knew I know kind of where downtown is in Omaha is because Debbie and I we actually just went to South North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, and then Nebraska, and we stayed in like the old like marketplace where there's like kind of cobblestone streets mm-hmm. in Omaha, and we kind of cruised the bar scene down there, and it was like during COVID, but it didn't really seem like COVID was going on when we yeah. were there. It seemed like normal downtown big city. Um, but it was really cool. Omaha is so different than I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, I've, we didn't have much time cause we got in late and we pretty much just crashed and got up the next day, but yeah. I've had friends that live there and they, they really enjoy living in Omaha. Yeah. Yeah. So you said it's your, it's your grandpa's Cadillac mm-hmm. and is he, how long has he had it? He's had it. He's had it since the early 90s. Okay. Yeah, so he hasn't had it like a super long time. Yeah. Well, I guess the early 90s was a long time ago Damn, now. that's like 30 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he, he got it and it was just a shell and he restored it. And um, he's actually started deteriorating a little bit with like dementia and stuff. And so I went out and he asked if I wanted to come get it. So yeah. flew over and... Picked it up and drove it home. Nice. Yeah. So it's is the caddy gonna live here now? Then. Yep. It's now it's my caddy. Oh, cool. Yeah. Now it's mine. Wow, that's awesome. Yep. Ever since I was a kid, he told me I was gonna get it. That's so cool. Yeah. Awesome. And that's awesome. kind of what led me into work cars. Yeah. Is my papa, my grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't just paint motorcycles; you painted cars too. Yes. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and old cars, new cars. All of them. Yeah. Collision, restoration, high end, low end, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you said that that's your old job. So mm-hmm. what are you going to be doing now? Now I'm in school. Okay. Now I'm going to school for a small engine and power sport repair. Okay, cool. Yep. Awesome. Just got tired of huffing. It's bad for your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that chemicals, the, the paint. <laughs> Did you wear a respirator? Yeah, but even just in the the air yeah. is just, there's dust. Every, I mean, you're just sucking in Bondo dust all the time. Yeah. It's just not good for your brain. Yeah. Or your body. <laughs> so. So how long is uh, small engine school? Two years. Okay. Yeah, so it's 24, well, it's a 24-month program, except you don't work. Obviously, you don't go to school in the summers and stuff. Yeah. And who who's it through? CWI. Okay. Awesome. Yep. Cool. I actually just dropped, I just dropped my lawnmower off at a small engine repair shop yesterday. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was riding very hard. I say riding hard, but the, I could tell, like, once it start, it was, like, kind of clunking. And we inherited that lawnmower when we moved in here. I mm-hmm. think they forgot it in the in the shed, uh-huh. and so we're like, "Oh, cool! We have a lawnmower. We don't have to go buy one now." But uh, I assume that the oil's never been changed, and it probably needs spark plug and all that stuff. I wish I could do that stuff. Yeah, that's why I want. That's why I'm going to school for it. I was like, I've got the outside of cars down. Yeah, but I want to know learn about the, the insides yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, so will that the small engine stuff will that be applicable to motorcycles too? Yeah. Okay. Small engine and power sports. Okay. So small engine is like your lawnmower, chainsaws, or even weed eaters, all okay. that kind of stuff. But uh, the main focus of the class is power sports. So side by sides, water, personal watercraft, um, motorcycles primarily. Yeah. That's the the biggest takeaway from it. Yeah. For me, at least. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. I always used to watch um, American Chopper when I was growing up. Yeah. And it was just, it was so cool because the, they just know like exactly what parts you need and how mm-hmm. to put it together and they could kind of just make whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. That's so rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of my goal is to be able to build my own bike from the bottom up. Yeah. Like I want to be able to, or at least just maintain my own bike because right now Trevor maintains all my stuff. So does he have a degree in that or... No, he's just he a just very knows. mechanically inclined guy. Okay. Yeah. So he's he doesn't have a degree in that. He's actually a drafter designer. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he does um, French fry conveyors. Whoa. I know, it's kind of weird. So he works for um, this place called Rayco. And so the French fries, he essentially... If you've eaten all the French fries from McDonald's, Burger King, the tater tots, any kind of potato, the potatoes, the yeah. stuff that the freezer ones, he has built, I mean, he has designed all of the machines that make those potato products. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. So he works with like Simplot and all that kind of stuff. I did not know that he did that. Uh-huh. For some reason, I thought he worked somewhere that like fixed bikes, Mm-mm. but that's all his. That's his hobby. That's his hobby. Yeah. yeah. That's rad. Yep. So does he, has he built a bike all the way? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that he wants to design his own frames. So okay. he hasn't like designed a frame, but he's built his bikes pretty much from the top to the bottom, tears them all the way down. Yeah. Because then I, and then I paint them and then he puts them all back together and then he fucks up the paint and then I have to <laughs> repaint them. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And he, um, I mean, I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but I know he got in a 
very bad crash. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, four years ago? Was it? I think it was or three? three. I think it was three years now. It, God, it feels like it was just last year. But yeah, he was in a, he did was doing a big group ride, which is why we don't do like group rides anymore. Yeah. So he was doing this big group ride um, and there was quite a few people in it. And this one other rider came and was getting into his lane and just, it was another motorcycle that just hit the back of his bike and it caused his bike to go down and he, his shoulder took the full weight, had to get a he had to go through two surgeries, was in the hospital for nine days. Yeah. It was a, and now he has a partial replacement. So the ball of his shoulder is replaced, but not the socket. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, I know like once you get a joint replacement, I mean, I don't, my dad got his knees replaced and I think they said something about every 15 years you Mm -hmm. might have to get it redone. Mm -hmm. So is that true for him too? Yeah. They, um, they don't know how long it's going to be, but they were saying that he was going to have to have another replacement by the time he was like 40, 45 years old. But hopefully that's not the case because hopefully they can just replace the socket on the next go around Okay, because the ball's already titanium. So what that's going to do is wear down the natural cartilage in his socket. So then the socket will get replaced. And then probably down the road when he's like 60, he'll probably have to get a full shoulder replacement. Okay. Yeah. Um, and is he doing well now? Oh, from yeah. That? He's doing pretty good. Yeah. I mean, does he have any pain or anything or like limited yeah. mobility? Uh, I don't think he can hang. Oh, okay. I don't think he can do that, but he can do pretty much everything else. Yeah. I haven't seen too much. He'll bitch about his shoulder every once in a while. He'll always... You rub my shoulder. <laughs> God. God, I remember visiting you guys in the hospital because I can't. I worked. I had an office in the hospital. I still have an office in the hospital. Oh, yeah. But I think I came and saw you guys in the ER, and then I came up to his room a couple times, and I remember um, they were showing on the screen what his shoulder looked like or mm-hmm. like how many pieces and whatever machine they. I don't know if it's an MRI or whatever mm-hmm. it was. They could map like how many different little pieces of bone there were in there and stuff. That was so crazy to look at. Yeah. They said whenever they went in there to try to fix it, because the only way they can fix it was with like screws. They were like, it was trying to screw together cookie crumbs. Jesus. Just trying to like, yeah, make it a functioning shoulder. And he was in surgery for four, I want to say four or five hours. Wow. And uh, we were sitting in like that waiting room and they came out and the doctor was like the surgeon she was like, it's not going to hold. She yeah. was like, we did all this. We did the best we could, but he's going to need to have another surgery. Wow. And then he was really hoping because he was in a lot of pain and he was hoped. And then when he woke up from it, he was in a lot of pain. And then he eventually kind of came out of it and he was like, he was like, do I have to get another surgery? That was the first thing he said. Oh. And all of us are just like no one really had the heart to tell yeah. him that he did. He had to go through this again. That's so bizarre that like they almost have to do like an exploratory surgery mm-hmm. first to kind of see what's wrong and see if they can fix it. And then they yeah. sew you back up. So how long was it until a second surgery? Six months. Oh, okay. I think it was six months. Yeah. I want to say it was six months. And the first one wasn't so much exploratory. They really, cause he was so young and they know that once you get a joint replaced, it doesn't last very long. Yeah. So they're like, we really want to try to make your own bones work. Yeah. And it just wasn't, it wasn't in the cards. Damn. Yeah. That's scary. I personally, 
don't ride motorcycles <laughs> because of that. Uh-huh. And my dad was a firefighter for 35 years in Los Angeles. Oh, I bet he's got some stories. And he, yeah, all his stories. Probably kill you if you, if, if you got him. Totally. Like, and yeah. that's why, like, in my head, it's just like, that's not even an option. Uh-huh. Um, and the couple times that I've ridden, like, I've ridden dirt bikes on asphalt, and I can I ride. I you going to say acid. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. No, I did not. I did not do that. Um, but I know how to, you know, shift and stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, I could ride a bike if I wanted to, but it's just, like, it scares the shit out of me. Uh-huh. And especially like knowing someone that was in a motorcycle crash like that. Mm-hmm. I know it could have been way worse, but Yeah, thankfully he was in full gear. Yeah. So he got out pretty not unscathed, but pretty good. I actually got taken out um how many years ago was it? It was probably about four or five years ago. I had gotten my motorcycle and I was I did a solo trip down to California yeah. on it and I was cruising back. And well a girlfriend of mine joined me on the way back. But I got taken out by a deer in Ely on my bike. Yeah. Yep. It just ran right into the side of my bike and it took me out. Jesus. Were you going fast? uh, No, we had just pulled out of a gas station. So we were probably going 40, 50. Oh, wow. So I guess that's kind of. That's very fast. fast, (laughs) In the scheme of things. But yeah, thankfully I was, I blew my knee. I blew my ACL for the second time. Oh, wow. Haven't gotten it fixed because it sucks getting your ACL fixed. Yeah. yeah, it's like a nine-month recovery. Yeah, it, it's rough. But thankfully, I was wearing my helmet. Thankfully, whenever Trevor got in a crash, like he was wearing his helmet, neither of us would be alive today if yeah. we weren't wearing our helmets. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe people ride without their helmets. It's crazy. Some people just jump on their bikes. Like, they just walk out the door and just jump on them. They got, like, flip-flops, shorts. You know, maybe they'll have some sunglasses on, and they're just ripping around. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've noticed... Driving into Oregon, um, I drive out to Oregon sometimes for work because St. Al's has, they have a hospital in Baker City and one in Ontario and then some clinics out there too. Um, But like right before you cross into Oregon, it says helmets are required. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the laws that, I don't know, I mean, you know, I'm fairly libertarian and like don't tread on me and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's pretty smart to wear a helmet, wear a seatbelt, like stuff that's proven to like save lives mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i don't mind if that's a law yeah you know it's sketchy and my dad never wore a helmet even when i was a kid really riding on the back with him i almost never had a helmet on you didn't i didn't no and i just be i remember being in shorts and just flip-flops on the back and he was he always rode uh crotch rockets like okay. sport bikes and he'd look back and we're cruising and be like Tell me how fast I go. And he just lays on the tank and just screams. No. And I would just be holding on to him, yelling out the the speedometer reading with little tears oh my God. wrapping around <laughs> my head. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So do you do you have any interest in bikes like that? Like the are they is it like a ninja? But I think it'd be or... fun. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily have any interest in owning one. But I think it'd be a blast to cruise around on one. I've never rode a sport bike. Yeah. I've never driven. Well, yeah, ridden one. I've been the passenger on quite a few of them, but I've never actually ridden one. So I'm so ignorant of motorcycles. Watching Sons of Anarchy, sometimes the like handlebars are super close together. Like their hands are super close together. Mm-hmm. Like what kind of style bike is that? Because whenever I think of like 
motorcycles, I think of like Harleys and like big handlebars. Uh-huh. So like what's the difference or what's the preference or... There's all kinds. You can get ape hangers, the ones that are yeah, the giant... way up here. Yeah. You can get like baby apes. You can get bunny ears. You can get T-bars. You it's can just get kinda... Z-bars. You can get... Kind of what your preference track is. Track bars. Yeah, you can get any kind of any kind of bars you want yeah i don't know what those little ones that you're talking about i'd have to see them i don't know it just seemed like it just looked weird that these guys were riding these motorcycles like these big manly guys are riding Mm -hmm. these motorcycles and their hands are really close together um or maybe it's like a v shape or something but yeah i just it's like oh i thought the sons of anarchy guys would have like those ape hanger things like Uh big old harley or something um but yeah how how much does it cost to build a bike it depends. Well, it depends. What kind of bike do you want? Are you I mean, wanting a you... chopper? Are you wanting a bagger? Are you wanting a... What's a bagger? Old man Harley. Okay. Like that guy's cruising around with, you know, the big fairings on the front. Oh. They got big bags on the side. Oh, and... oh, gotcha. Well, just, I mean, could you build a bike for 10 grand? Like a decent bike for 10 grand? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. It, the barrier to entry doesn't seem like that crazy. Mm-mm. And that's why I could see if you built one bike, you're like, well, I want to do another one a little bit different or something. Yeah. yeah, that's Trevor. Yeah. He builds it and then he's like, oh, I kind of just want to change this. And then it turns into a completely different bike. You know? Yeah. And then he, I just hear him swearing <laughs> and cussing up a storm in the garage. <laughs> how, how, how many has he built? How many has he built? He well, he started. Um, how he got into even building choppers was he would all he would build like Schwins, mm. like little like low rider Schwins. Yeah, that's what got him into it, and then that just progressed into motorcycles. But his first bike that he built was a Sportster, and then so he had that one, then a shovel, then his Dyna. Now he has two. So five. He's wow. built five bikes. Yep. Dang. And does he sell them or does he keep them or? The Dyna got totaled in okay. his crash. Yeah. And he just, he'll, he'll sell them or he'll trade them. So okay. he'll trade one bike for a bike that he wanted once instead. Okay. Different engines. He wants a different motor. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why this is sticking out in my head. Can you get an automatic transmission or is that like weird? It's they, so they make this thing now. It's called the recluse. It's a clutch that you install and it makes it so that your bike is an automatic. Oh yeah. So you, well, you still have to like shift, but you don't have to use a clutch. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I just remember from American chopper, um, like the oddball brother, when he was building a bike one time, he said he wanted an automatic transmission. The guy that was always late. Is that the one? You're I think like about? the blonde, Mikey, the, the blonde, blonde one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And he said he wanted like a seven speed automatic or something. And his, his dad was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, I guess you can do that. But I don't even know. I've never seen a an automatic motorcycle. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it'd be a lot less cool if it was automatic. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I like. Uh, my truck is a manual. Oh, it's so fun. It's so much fun. Uh-huh. But I swear to God, like I have a hip problem now because the clutch is so long and it's so stiff that it, I feel like it jacked my hip up. <laughs> yeah, and I've had it for kind of had it for three years now so i don't know that's all i've driven for three years is an automatic transmission i love driving a stick it's just fun yeah it just gives you something to do is the cadillac a stick no it's automatic okay yep all my vehicles now are automatic my i had a little toyota wagon that was a stick 
that I just sold to Trevor. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, 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 that worked out pretty good. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'd, I would love to try like the three on the tree shifting. We've got a van that's got that. Oh, no way. Have you seen our van? The The beige one that he's... It's kind of... Yeah, I guess it's like an off-white. Or off-white, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a three on the tree. It's a three on a tree. No way. Yeah. And have you the inside? You've got to come. We live right up the street. I know. I know. You got to come over and see our van because we've done quite a bit of work to it. Well, I saw, I feel like I've seen some pictures recently, probably on Instagram or Facebook or something. um, And you didn't really quite take pictures of the like whole interior, but I feel like I kind of saw it in a picture, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I know you guys have been doing work on it. Yep. Fully carpeted. And then it's got like, we're putting a bed in the back. And we got a disco ball in there now. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a cool, it's a very cool van. It's a 69 Econoline. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know it was that old. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Okay. And I think I told you when we were hanging out the other day, my dad had a van. Um, I think like right after high school and he joined like a van club uh-huh. and they lived in Southern California. So they'd like park on the beach and camp on the beach and stuff. But I think he sold... He had a 67 Mustang, a 67 Camaro, and then he had like a 70 Nova, I think. Mm -hmm. Not all at the same time, but he like had them, you know, at different points. And I think he had his Mustang when he was in high school. He had a 67 Mustang when he was in high school. But he sold those cars so he can get a van. Uh, And I'm like, I wish, like how you inherited the caddy. I'm like, I wanted that 67 Mustang, man. Does he still have the van? No. 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 You could have inherited that. Yeah. But my mom... I mean, even today, she's so good on the sewing machine, but back then she would make my dad like shirts and stuff, but she made curtains for the van, for the windows on the van for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. We, a buddy of ours, he just bought a van and his wife's going to make curtains and stuff for it. And we're trying to form like a van club. Yeah. And I want to call it the baked potatoes. (laughs) Oh my God. Right? (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Dude, we got busted. We, we, so we drove the van a couple weekends ago to a, um, a van show called Mont Vanna. Uh-huh. So we were driving and we were going through, oh, what, Moscow. So yeah. we're going through Moscow and we get pulled over by a cop. And we had been partaking in some illicit substances. Yeah. And we get pulled over, but it was just the vape pen. So we were like, this little bit, he won't smell like it yeah. won't stink up the van or anything. And I'll be damned, we get pulled over. And Trevor, who's the most responsible man I've ever met in my entire life, did not have the, his registration for the van. He didn't have his proof of insurance for the no. van, like in the van. And we're like, fuck. So we're just standing there, and the the cop's being pretty cool. And then he stops Trevor mid-sentence, and he goes, so how much pot do you got in the car? And we're like, fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> all of us are just like, Ugh. But Trevor kept this cool, and he was like, we don't have any. Yeah. He's like, oh, all right, you know, maybe it's just something weird in the air. And then he kept asking Trevor questions about, like, his insurance, and Trevor can't find it. He has no proof of insurance whatsoever. Yeah. You can see he's kind of starting to oh, shoot. get a little shaky. And the guy's like, you know, just tell me how much you got. If it's just a usable amount, I'll confiscate it. You guys can go about your day. It's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, just tell me. Trevor's like, no, we don't have any. He's like... Okay. He just let us go. Oh, no way. Even though Damn. he didn't give us I thought that story was going to take a turn. <laughs> yeah, he just let us we, Well, we were like, holy shit. Like, we made we, we went to the next gas station and just all got out of the van. And we're just like. <sighs> yeah, I need to go for a walk. Yeah, we almost <laughs> just got 
wrecked. Yeah. I, uh, I, the last time I had a feeling like that was probably in college. And I think, you know, being at a party and you try to lie your way out of it with the mm-hmm. cop. And then it's like, holy crap, how did I get home? Like, you know, I cannot believe they let us go. And, yep. um, I think I was underage at a party one time and I, you know, the cop asked me some questions and I kind of fudged some stuff. And, um, after he let me go, I like sprinted all the way down the street and I called my sister and I was like, Abby, can you come pick me up? Like the party just got busted. I'm 19 years old. Like come pick me up and take get me back me to my house. Yeah, get me out of here. <laughs> and she's a good sister. She came and got me. So yeah, I've, I've gotten pulled over. Um, we were doing a cross country trip and this was with my ex-husband and we got pulled over and we were smoking in the car and got pulled over. And I mean, rolled down the window and you could, the cop probably saw yeah. smoke, smoke billowing out. <laughs> out of the fucking windows. And so he ended up searching the car and put us on the side. So we were standing on the side of the road and we were moving across country. So our, the oh. car was packed full of shit. Yeah. I mean, it was just packed full of shit. And he tore all of our stuff out. No. It was all in the side. My wedding dress was in there. Oh <laughs> it was just like, it was a disaster. And he's like, all right, you're done. And so we had to put all of our shit back in the car. That's so ridiculous. He gave both of us uh, citations. He got gave both of us citations, misdemeanors. But I got out of it because it wasn't my car. Yeah. But it was a, it cost some money. Damn. It was like 1500 bucks. And Jesus. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. I, I knew tons of people that got um, minor in consumptions yeah. in college. And somehow I avoided it. I don't know how yeah. it happened. But yeah, everyone said it was like ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For something so petty. Yeah. It just, and that's another thing too, is like, I'm sure there'd be so much less, you know, that underage weird crime if there wasn't such a stigma with alcohol. Yeah. We yeah. wouldn't be sneaky about it if it was just normal. But yeah. It's kind of like how they snuck in. Was it this year or last year that now you have to be 21 to have cigarettes? Oh yeah. That's insane. Wait, where, where? In Idaho? In America. You have to be 21 to buy you cigarettes? You have to be 21 to buy cigarettes no in way. the United States of I didn't America know that. Because of that whole jewel thing. Oh. That whole big thing. Wasn't that fake? Wasn't that not jewel, actually? It was like it was like black market weed vape companies? Yeah, that had like that weird protein or something that caused, yeah. It was like some weird oil that mm-hmm. was causing people to have lung issues. But well, like jewel wasn't. They like blamed it on Jewel, but it wasn't actually Jewel's fault. Yeah, they they used Jewel as a skate. Like, they said that they were um, advertising to teenagers specifically. Oh. It was like, well, eighteen, you're legal, and you're a teenager. Yeah. Like, Damn, I didn't know that been, that was a federal. It's a federal law. I think it go, wow. went into action in July, if okay. I'm not mistaken. But yeah, you have to be now. You have to be twenty one. You can go to war when you're fucking yeah. seventeen, eighteen yeah. years old. But you can't smoke a cigarette and drink a beer. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. It's you you're responsible enough to literally like carry, learn how to use an M sixteen. Yeah, carry and- a weapon and like <laughs> a load and around like so it's Yeah. It's so silly. Yeah, and I don't I don't know when people are going to realize that the prohibition stuff probably doesn't work. Yeah. No, it doesn't deter. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it. It doesn't matter if there's a law about it or not. I think less people would smoke weed if weed was legal. I don't know about that one. 
<laughs> I, well, there wouldn't be such a weird stigma. Yeah, there wouldn't be like a hush hush about it. I think yeah. if people want to smoke weed, they're already smoking it. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you don't want to, they're not smoking it's it. It's so accessible. Yeah. And you know, just go right across down the street. Yeah, fucking everyone smokes weed, yeah. which is crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just weird that, yeah, there's such a stigma stigma with it. And I, I've talked to a couple of my cop buddies about it too. And I know why there's a stigma. Or not a stigma, but I know why it's not like being pushed out there to be legal everywhere immediately because they can't tell, like there's not a great field test to see like if they're high right now. Yeah, exactly. Like all you can see is if it's in your system. Yeah. So. Which could be from 30 days ago. Yeah. yeah. Because I just tried to pass a piss test because I had to take a piss test for school. Okay. And I just had to take one of those and it's like, why do I have to take a piss test to go to school? Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense there's there's super lazy people that don't smoke weed and then there's super awesome like hard-working people that probably smoke weed every day yeah so i yeah i don't think the weed thing is gonna i don't know but i could see if you're on the job handling a small engine they're gonna want to know like they're not gonna want you high doing that stuff and the same with like nurses and doctors and Cops and firefighters and all that stuff. Yeah, but I don't think that they ha- you have to pass a, p- a drug test to go to nursing school. I don't. I think to get a job at the hospital, you have to pass it. Yeah, piss but test. not to not to go not to, school. to enroll in the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was weird, and I think they only do that for the vocation, like for the blue collar school, for the blue collar jobs. Oh, like power sports, auto body, fabrication, that kind of stuff. Yeah, all those people have to take drug tests. But like the nursing program doesn't or yeah. like the dental hygienist program. That's w- doesn't, you know, that is weird. Why would you have to do it for school? Yeah. And you get randomly tested while you're in school. That's insane. That's <laughs> so <what>? insane. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got P tested all the time when I was at Boise state mm-hmm. and it was, they would do street drugs and I think they, they must've tested for like steroids yeah. too. Um, but we would pee in those cups that, that, they ripped the label off and it would tell you, I think it was like a nine street drug thing. Uh Um, so guys started smoking that, um, spice. Yeah. The spice and Uh K2 stuff. Yeah. And then they started coming out with, with piss tests for that. And so everyone was getting tested for that. And then they'd come out with a new version of spice Mm -hmm. and then they'd come out with the drug test for that. So it was like, it was like the people who were manufacturing that stuff were competing and trying to like get a leg up on the drug testing manufacturers. Yep. It was crazy. Dude, Spice was running rampant whenever I was in the army. Oh, really? Yeah, tons of people would get busted left and right for it. Yeah. They'd treat it just like any other drug. Yeah. But yeah. I think it was from what I've heard from people, it was worse, like way worse than smoking weed. Yeah. Like you could go it was like an acid trip. I don't, I never, I never touch the stuff. Yeah, neither. I I'll, mean, do, I, I'll do a lot of drugs, but I won't do spice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or well, bath salts, anything that's made. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I mean, all I did was drink a lot in mm-hmm. college. I had zero interest in like going on a trip and altering my mental status mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I knew some guys that used it all the time. And I swear to God, it like turned some people schizophrenic. Yeah. Well, it's all just chemically made. It's all just a weird way to trick your brain into thinking you're stoned. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm good. I don't want to trick it into thinking I'm stoned. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think it was like making, like some of the stuff I swear to God was not making people just stoned. It was like they were gone. Like yeah. gonzo. Have you ever heard of salvia? Yeah. I it was like, like, it was like that. Yeah. 
I never messed with that either, but I've seen people who thought they were literal pirates. (laughs) I was like, whoa. I was like, "Ah, I'm good. I don't want any of that. I saw, (laughs) I watched some guys do it when I was in college and it was like, I, why would I ever do that? And I, my friend said it felt like he was gone for 15 years (laughs) and it was like five minutes. It's like, how, like, I don't want to do that to myself. That feels like very scarring. Yeah. 15 years. (laughs) Like a whole lifetime. Yeah. Well, that's that's a that's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, I don't know how they're gonna get around that. Um, what, what are you looking at? What do you use that pencil sharpener for? Dude, we got the pencil sharpener at Antique World Mall. I bet you did. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, I this just brings back memories from like middle school. It really does. Yeah. Showing off your outfit or your new shoes when you go to the, the yeah 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 shop. yeah you got to yeah. go strut in front of the class. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Let me get my, my pencil out. Yeah. yeah. And then you're actually the first podcast. I got those two prints from, uh, I actually got them from Costco, but they're scenes, it's a scene from Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. That's yeah. what, when they dance barefoot. Yeah. And so I, I was going to try to get a print of them dancing, mm-hmm. um, but it just wasn't coming out right. Cause these are actual screenshots from the movies or from the movie. Um, there's a website you can go to and get like 4k screenshots mm-hmm. and, uh, Debbie and I always laugh super hard at the part where he, he tries the $5 milkshake and he just, he's like, I don't know if this is worth $5, but it's a pretty fucking good milkshake. And he like starts <laughs> laughing and he's tri- he's on heroin. Um, I always thought that that was the funniest part of the movie. So that's why I got those two prints. I know the main thing that I took away from Pulp Fiction was you saw Bruce Willis's dick in it. Oh yeah, you yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. When he's getting out of the shower. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I, I don't know why that movie is so intriguing to me. There's so much stuff going on, and there's so many movies. I mean, there's so much in it. I feel like there's like five movies inside of just the one movie. There's so many different like storylines going yeah. on that all are interconnected, which is Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And it's. That's why I cool. like it. That's why I like it too, because every time I watch Pulp Fiction, there's always a scene that I'm like, oh, yeah, this this part was in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was in something else, but no, it's like. All of these cool scenes are in this one movie. Yeah, I love uh, I love the part where Bruce Willis and um, the guy that plays Marcellus Wallace they're in the basement and they're gonna get killed, mm-hmm. you know. And Bruce Willis escapes and he goes upstairs in the pawn shop and he starts looking at weapons and like they they progressively get like more crazy, like what he's gonna take down there. And I think he has like a baseball bat first and then he has a chainsaw and then finally he gets like the katana sword. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it's, it must be before that. Did you know Kathy Griffin is in it? Really? Yeah. She like. The redheaded lady? The redheaded lady. Because I think that guy, Marcellus Wallace, tries to run over Bruce Willis. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's the other way around. But one of them is holding like coffee and donuts. Mm -hmm. And uh, he gets run over. And I think that's right before they get taken to the pawn shop. But Kathy Griffin is there. And I think she gets like shot by someone. But (laughs) it's just a weird cameo. Like that's one of those things about Pulp Fiction that I love is there's so much weird, crazy shit going on. So yeah, I want to get more funky stuff to put in here. I got the time man of the year thing from Big Lebowski. Oh, you know what? I don't know if I've ever watched Big Lebowski. Okay. Not well, you, not all the way through. I've seen like pieces of it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. You sat. and Trevor have to. I'll watch it with you. <laughs> I will watch it with you guys. We should do that. Movie night with you, me, Des, Tristan. Dude, we Deb. should. We have an outdoor projector. No we way. We should have an outdoor movie night. Hell yeah. Watch Big Lebowski. So, so part of the Big Lebowski is 
he loves white Russians. Yeah. That's his drink. And he'll, I mean, I think he makes like five white Russians throughout the movie. But when they used to do Boise classic movies downtown, mm-hmm. which they freaking can't because of coronavirus, I swear I've seen Big Lebowski there three times and they have adult beverages oh, nice. during the showings and you can get a white Russian like while you're watching it. It's awesome. I like white Russians. I love white Russians. They sound disgusting, but they're actually really good. That's like a, it's like a good Christmas drink, <laughs> uh-huh. I think. I really yeah. like them. Yeah. But, um... So speaking of Quentin Tarantino, I know that this is kind of a weird caveat, but I love Quentin Tarantino and he, like every movie he puts out is awesome. But another one of my favorite directors, Christopher Nolan. Do you know who that is? If I, what movies did he make? He did like all the new Batmans with um, Christian Bale. Uh And then he did like Inception. Oh. But he just came out with a new movie called Tenet and it's coming out now. Like the movie theaters are open in Boise. Huh. Yeah. I'll be damned. Yeah. I think it came out like, I don't know if it was last week or before, but Debbie and I are going to go see it on Saturday. Rad. So first time going back to the movie theater. The bars are opening up too. Oh, no way. Uh-huh. Did they announce that today? I don't know if they announced it. I've just seen bars that I follow have been like, oh, two days we're going to be open. Whoa. Yeah, so I think they're opening on Saturday. Awesome. Yeah, Friday. It must be tomorrow or Saturday that they're going to open back up. Yeah. But yeah, the bar I... tops are still going to be closed. Oh. Uh... And it's going to be social distance and stuff like that. Yeah. Mask until you sit down, that kind of thing. But okay. at least they're opening. Yeah. I know Suds closed down for a little bit, but then they reopened. And I think that they put like a little kitchen in mm-hmm. so they could call themselves a restaurant. Yep. Yeah. I think that's what our bar did too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? And then of course, now bars are allowed to be open after now they were serving food. Isn't stuff. that weird that like the difference between them is like, a slice of pizza. Yeah, exactly. It's, so it's, I can nuke this hot dog. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. But I can, you know, it's, yeah, all the rules are just kind of silly. I, I get it. But at the same time, it's like, you're just over it. Yeah. Just, um, if you don't want to go to it, don't go to it. If you want to go to it, you can go to it. If there's a risk, like, you yeah. take the risk personally. That's almost where I'm at too. Like, I know that the central district health and, government is trying to stop the spread and all that stuff but yeah it's like if they're if you're 60 years old and you have diabetes and stuff like you you shouldn't go out yeah but like young healthy people like us we should be able to go to the store and be fine you know exactly i don't know yeah it shouldn't stop everything because i think that's what they kind of did in switzerland yeah or sweden or is they kept things open but you know they were like if you have these problems you need to stay home because yeah. What's going on? Yeah. But yeah. We'll, we'll never know. Hopefully. I've I've heard some stuff about what Japan did with their masks and how they like super early on they didn't shut anything down, mm-hmm. but they like that they told old people to stay home. Um if you have pre-existing conditions whatever, stay home. We're not going to shut stuff down, but you have to wear a mask. And mm-hmm. they implemented that super early mm-hmm. and supposedly um like that's why they're doing so well now. Mm-hmm. But I, I swear to God, something that people don't want to talk about is how fat America is. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I actually printed it off. I forget who I, I think I was talking to my buddy Drax about this. I still have this sitting here from another podcast. Okay. Japan's obesity rate is 4%. Wow. And I know South Korea is doing really well too. And their obesity rate is also 4%. What's ours? <laughs> Are you getting to it? 36%. Okay, we sound like... <laughs> Are we still number one in obesity? 
No. Oh, uh, that's a positive. Nauru, which is like, I think, a Pacific Island place. Like all these Pacific Island nations uh-huh. are very obese, and I have no idea why. But the number one is Nauru, Cook Islands, Palau, Marshall Islands, Tuvalu, Tonga, Samoa, Kiribati, which I think is another one, and then Micronesia, and then Kuwait. Kuwait? And then, yeah. And then the United States. It's like the United States should not be on that list. Yeah. like <laughs> It just doesn't fit. Yeah, no, it but yeah, I know a few like Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Qatar, Libya, Turkey, Egypt. I mean, I, I think a lot of those places since Western influences come in. I watched a documentary about Kuwait and like McDonald's in Kuwait uh-huh. and people love it there. And they just got super fat once like McDonald's rolled in. That's the hottest place I've ever been is fucking Kuwait. You've been to Kuwait? Yes. No way. So walking out of the... So you're on a C-130 <laughs> This, and you're walking out the back of it, like the back hatch yeah. of it. So you're walking out and you've got the the turbines going. You're like, oh, that's why it's so hot. You know, you're on the back side of the airplane, <laughs> you know, you're like, fuck. And so you're just walking away from it, hoping that the heat goes away. And then you realize... It wasn't the airplane. Yeah. It's just Kuwait. Jesus. It's just that. Even at night, it's hot. It's just, it's like someone's got a blow dryer <laughs> just on your face and it's got sand, like a sandblaster, a heated sandblaster. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. What, what did you go to Kuwait for? It was a stop on the way to oh, Afghanistan. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I've also been to Uzbekistan. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> is that like in the middle of like the stands, like by Kazakhstan? I and... have no idea oh, no where way. it was. But we did just you get... landed. We we're like, oh, you're in Uzbekistan or Kazakhstan. I was in Uzbekistan or Kazakhstan. They're like, did you get off the airplane there? Or yeah, we got off the air, but we didn't go. We just landed in the base. Yeah, and then stayed there for a while, and then regrouped, and then got on a different plane to take us to Afghanistan. Gotcha. Yeah, that's uh, that's me and Debbie's rule. Like, if we get off the plane and out of the airport somewhere. That counts as a place we've uh-huh. been. But if you stay in the airport, it does, like you nope. can't count it. Doesn't count. Otherwise, like we could count like the Netherlands and a couple other places. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the obesity thing's interesting. Being a drill sergeant and seeing the kids that come in, yeah, for basic training, it's insane the things that they cannot do. Yeah, are they? Are a lot of them are obese? Then I wouldn't say a lot of them are obese. A lot of them are just out of shape. Yeah, like grown men. Who can't do a single sit-up. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of chicks that can't do push-ups. But, yeah. To just watch a guy just struggle to do one, just one sit-up. Yeah. It was like, wow. What have you done? How do you survive? I've had this conversation with so many people that people think just because someone lives in a food desert means that they have to eat unhealthily Mm -hmm. like that logic to me is so ridiculous and the like if somebody only has access to mcdonald's if i only had access to mcdonald's and my goal was to get shredded i could do it so easily like you could just order patties yeah and maybe eat some cheese and then like have lettuce and tomato Mm -hmm. like even in a food desert you have access to stuff like that the reason people are getting fat is because they're like i'll do some french fries and i'll do another burger Mm -hmm. and you know, a shake and a Coke, like yeah, the amount that you eat makes you fat. If you go there and just have like one small hamburger every day, mm-hmm. you're not going to get fat. Yeah. Well, it's easy to blame 
somebody yeah. else. It's yeah. easy to blame like this major corporation, yeah. you know. Yeah. They're the bad guys. It's like uh I think that little voice in your head might be the bad guy. Yeah, too. totally. Yeah. <laughs> People just don't want to take personal responsibility. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And I I think education and obviously it starts in your own household and all that stuff and um we didn't eat out that often when I was younger. My mom made most of our meals, but we always ate very healthy, mm-hmm. you know, and I think they kind of instilled that in us and mm-hmm. I got very fat when I played football. <laughs> I remember, I've seen the pictures. Yeah, but then afterwards, I mean, I like I saw that as kind of my tax for going to college, you know. Yeah. But I don't know. I just it's crazy to me that the United States is on that list with so many other countries, and some of them I can't even pronounce their names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, ob it's yeah obesity is a crazy, crazy thing. Oh, oh that's what I was gonna say. My boss. He was a big guy. He weighed over 400 pounds. Whoa. And he would ask me, he'd be like, you know, what do you do? And I was like, well, you know, I just eat regular food because he would tell me what he would eat. Yeah. He's, he would say he didn't feel feel like he ate that much, but then his entire weekend revolved around meals. Oh. Like, yeah. oh, you know, Sunday morning, you know, we have... we go out for breakfast every Sunday morning and then Sunday night, you know, at the end of the night, it's our tradition to go to Dairy Queen and then before. So he had, you ask him what he was doing that weekend and that was already in his head and he would ask me like healthy things to eat and I'm not a nutritionist or by any stretch of the imagination, but he'd be like, oh, I'm on Instagram and this is, this is healthy food recipes. And he's like, I just found out that I can make fried chicken with Parmesan cheese instead of (laughs) frying it. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, so instead of dipping it in breadcrumbs, you dip it in Parmesan cheese, and then you fry it. I was like, How about just eat the chicken breast? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't know if there's anything you can eat where dipping it in cheese makes it healthier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even if it's fluffy, even if it's like powdery cheese. Yeah. It's, I don't think it's going to help. Yeah. Everyone wants to know like what the secret is. Mm-hmm. And there's not, it's just eat less. Yeah. Like, okay, you're going to have... You want to go out to McDonald's and have three hamburgers? Just get one. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not... You don't have to make it that complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, obviously, if you get more into, you know, bodybuilding or CrossFit, like, that kind of stuff, then you need to pay more attention to, like, your macronutrients and stuff. And, um, you know, I think if you were just doing that with McDonald's, you'd probably be missing out on some vitamins, mm-hmm. you know? But... I don't know. People make it way too complicated. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that they're kind of introducing CrossFit into um Oh, the, the army. army. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know uh Chandler Smith. Do you know who that is? Uh-uh. He they like appointed him as the head of Army Fitness or something. Good. And he's a CrossFit Games competitor who's I think he's active duty too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's smart cuz there's so many when you PT in the military was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're run days. And then Tuesday, Thursday, we're just push-ups and sit-ups. Yeah. That's it. You would just do, maybe you would do diamonds. Maybe you'd do close hands wide. Maybe you, they would change those, but that was it. Yeah. Whatever you could do to just make your PT score. I was like, this isn't making us any better. Like, now I can just do a lot of push-ups, but yeah. that's about all I got. Yeah. Yeah. And would you guys ruck too? Yeah, we would do rucks. Okay. Yeah, rucking. I loved rucking. Yeah. I hated it in the beginning, but then once I got muscles, the muscles that are there for rucking got yeah. stronger. I was like, oh, because I have such long legs that yeah. it was, I can go pretty quick on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 
And I I know that they changed the PT test recently, I think. Yeah. They were talking about that when I was in. Because now you have to do... God, I don't even know. You have to like throw med balls and stuff really? and do squats. and Rad. Good. Yeah. It seems like more practical stuff. Uh-huh. And I think they probably... I think there's lunging in it too. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, if you come up to a body or something that you need to get down to, yeah. learn how to pick it up properly. Yeah. Yeah. There's Yeah. They're like, oh, there's all these techniques for carrying a body. It's like, but we don't... Granted, you could take your free time and go to the gym and like work out these different body parts and stuff. Yeah. But you already have to work out an hour every day in the morning, yeah. you know? So it'd be nice if that was helpful for your job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, we never did any like strength training really. Never did any like lower body outside of running. Yeah. You just run your ragged. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's wild. So did they like once you got past PT, did you still have to do stuff? Or or sorry, once you got past um basic, did you still have to do PT? Oh yeah, every morning. Okay. Yep, Monday through Friday, you didn't have to do it on Saturday and Sunday. Okay. But every morning 6:30 you do PT from 6.30 to about 7.38, and then you get a break to change and take a shower and that stuff, and then you come back to work at 9. Okay. And then you work your full day. Gotcha. Dang. I didn't know you did PT the whole time you were in. Oh, yeah. Every day. You got to yeah. pass a PT test every six months. Okay. Well, it's good that they actually make you guys do the stuff that they're going to test you on, because I know in law enforcement, they, I think there's a like a PT thing once every six months or once every year maybe Mm -hmm. but they don't have like anything in between they don't tell you what to do so a lot of guys do like jujitsu and stuff on their own but outside of that like you can get super fat and still like you there's no repercussions in your job yeah and the standards aren't the highest yeah yeah it's like mile and a half in 15 minutes or Uh something yeah yeah yep but yeah it's crazy i think that they should kind of incorporate something like that with law enforcement i think it'd probably help them out especially in the situation that they're in oh like right now if they were a little bit more able-bodied yes i am such an advocate for cops learning Mm jujitsu just because like not only do you learn how to safely subdue someone but like you know what other people are capable of Mm -hmm. and so you probably won't like i don't know mess with people the same way Mm -hmm. i I don't know It, it just it gives you like more of a respect for other people but instead of like immediately going for your taser and then your gun, it's like, well, I could probably put him in a triangle. And then once he's out, we can cuff him. And he, like, we know he's not going to be hurt from it. Yeah. You know? Yep. That's what we had to do as military police officers. We trained in hand to hand combat constantly. Yeah. Like that was just normal. That, I, that blows my mind that you <laughs> probably got way more hand to hand combat training than like. Boise or Meridian cops. Mm -hmm. Because I know once they go through post, I think they do arrest. It's like arrest tactics. I think it's called AT Mm -hmm. once every six months. Yeah. And they just go and they kind of re-up on how to learn how to put someone in handcuffs. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, MPs, I mean, you're always going through shoot, don't shoot scenarios. You're always training on stuff. They send you to school specifically for um, domestic disturbances. They'll send you to a two-week school just to figure out how to deal with with domestic disturbances wow. they'll send you to a school just to handle like traffic stops they'll send you to like all these kind like i went they sent me to school i was a non-lethal weapons instructor so i was actually the person that would tase people 
to certify them. Oh my god! To be to no carry a taser way. and pepper spray them. Yeah, I pepper sprayed people too. Wow. That meant I had to get pepper sprayed and yeah. tased and stunned and shot with rubber bullets. Jesus. <laughs> How was getting pepper sprayed? Oh, it was the worst thing. Really? I, I'll get tased a million times before I get pepper sprayed. Yeah. It's just an all day suck fest. Yeah. You just have to ride it out. And... You got to ride it out. And then as soon as you take a shower, it all reactivates again. Oh my again. God. Yep. Jesus. It's miserable. What does it feel like to get tased? I mean, is it just like... Like you, your body kind of seizes up because I've been electrocuted before and it does not feel how I thought it was going to feel. I don't know if it's so I have a video of it. Like I can show. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, I don't know how to explain how it feels outside the fact you don't like it. Like it hurts, but it's not, I don't know if it's necessarily a pain more than just like a, I, like uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like just this weird feeling and you can't move like they even did. So in the class, um, they gave this guy a button oh. and he's holding the button because a taser, if you, if you administer it correctly, cause it, the prongs are supposed to go one above the belt and one below the belt Okay. Um, to give you NMI, which is neuromuscular incapacitation, it's which is the completes full, the circuit. Yep. Which is the full. Yeah. Whereas if you get both on the legs on the lower part of the belt, then only your legs will go do okay. it. But if you only get the top, then only your top will go but you're you can still move your legs okay so this guy he's holding this button and it's just a little push button they're like all right all you have to do we're gonna tase you and all you have to do to make the tase stop is push this button that's it yeah and they tase him and he just goes to the crown he's just staring <laughs> at his thumb just like trying so hard to push this button yeah he couldn't does it, doesn't it last for like five seconds or? It's a five second ride on um, law enforcement. Um, civilian ones, it's two 15 second rides. Oh, wow. Yeah, because the civilian ones are made for you not to detain somebody, but for you to. Get away. Yeah, or... use it and then boogie. Wow. Yeah. And Dang. then Taser is actually a pretty cool company. If you file a police report, say someone attacked you and you used your Taser and you had to leave it there because it's connected through strings. Yeah. And you ran away from it, Taser roll. Give you a brand new taser. No way. I didn't know Taser was a brand. Uh-huh. They're their own company. brand. Wow. Mm -hmm. So are there other, like, I don't know what you call it then, like a stun gun company? Or do they have know. a monopoly on it? I don't know. Honestly, that's a good question. And then, so you said you've been stunned too. And is yeah. that with like the more personal, like the one that you have to like poke into someone? Well, the Taser is a stun gun if it doesn't have, because the Taser has a cartridge in it. Yeah. So the cartridge, if the, but there isn't a car, if there isn't a cartridge in it, you can still take, like I got stunned. They hold you down and they do what's called a dry stun oh. and they just take that and they put it on the back of your leg on your calf and they <laughs> give you a little ride that way. Damn. Yeah. That probably sucked more than the taser did Yeah. because at least with the taser, you couldn't move. Whereas whenever they're driving this into your leg like you can move so yeah yeah you're yeah. To yeah get, get away out. from them <laughs> yeah dang that's crazy i didn't know you did that stuff mm -hmm. that's awesome um so what kind of like non-lethal rounds did you get shot with then uh like bean bags so i got the claymore so they make claymore mines that are non-lethal okay that'll just shoot out little bb's i feel like i've seen that on jackass yes okay yep so they have that and that's what i i got peppered with some of those jesus yeah damn uh -huh. and does it just feel like kind of getting shot by a bb gun yeah in, <laughs> in multiple <laughs> spots yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yep, that was actually a pretty cool school. That was a very painful school. Yeah. But it was it was a very cool it was a cool program. That sounds that sounds awesome. Um like have you watched any of this stuff recently, like in Portland and it seems like the cops are like aiming that shit at people's heads. Yeah, right? Well, <laughs> like the, it's not meant to be shot at someone in the face. It's less than lethal. Yeah. It's supposed to be not it's less than lethal. But yeah, there's certain areas of the body you're not supposed to aim for. Yeah. 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 But they we what we it was called an FN three oh three, which is a military grade paintball gun. Okay. And they actually have metal like bismuth, which is like a a metal on the front part of it. And then the second, so it's the ball, the paintball is split in half. Uh huh. One half of it is this like little bismuth, and then the other half of it is um, OC spray. Oh yeah, okay. So they can pelt you and hurt you, and then you also and get peppers. Jesus, man, that's like the worst of both worlds. Dude, they have tasers um, that are in shotgun shells, so it's a shotgun oh. shell that's got a ta- like it's a little mini taser. You shoot it in the shotgun shell. Well, it'll put one probe in you because to get neuromuscular incapacitation, you got to have it in two points. Yeah. And then a little thing, a little, a little, another uh, electric node will dangle down from the, the shotgun shell that you got shot with and it'll just hit the other part of your body. Oh my God. No way. They're, they're even in the works. When I was in, they had a whole wall, like a wall, a wall of taser cartridges that they could push one button and release hundreds of taser freaking prongs out onto a mass of people. Jesus. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's like riot control stuff or whatever. And I assume like you guys are MPs and if somebody's coming or if there's a big group of people coming to your base or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what they would use that for because it's little prongs that are shooting out. They'll go through someone's eyeball. Yeah. That's insane. We also learned um, in that class about sound, how you can use sound as a weapon. Oh. Um, and also... Um, is that the... It like makes you feel like your skin's heating up? It is was, that the same thing? They told us about it, but they didn't make us do it. They did a sound thing where they just played such a loud tone that it made... It was like kind of made you crazy. Yeah. Like, but I don't know about that weird... The brown note. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, you remember that? <laughs> makes you poop. That's, that's <laughs> When they were like setting up this big speaker system and they told us to go over there, like, we're all gonna shit our pants. I got to do something cool when I was in high school. I volunteered with the Boise SWAT team. Oh, rad. And we we like did scenario training where they'd give us, like, we used uh, airsoft guns Uh and they would come in and, you know, tackle us and throw us on the ground and handcuff us. And because we did that, they let us go out and like use their weapons with them. Uh-huh. So I got to shoot a MP5 like fully auto, and we got to shoot their shotguns and their pistols and all this fun stuff. And then they put us all in a room and they threw a flashbang in. Oh yeah! And I've met ne- dude that I I'd only ever seen it on video games, but the concussion from that uh-huh. it was like a real explosion. Yeah, I thought it was just gonna be like loud and bright, uh-huh. but it actually explodes. Yeah, like it scared the crap out of me. I have a story about. Uh... This doesn't involve me. This is, I heard this story from somebody else. Okay. Okay. But anyways, so there's these, you have porta shitters, you know, we're out in the field and this is a drill sergeant story. <laughs> so, and again, this, this is not me. Yeah. Somebody I else. I did didn't this. do this. This was someone else. Anyways. So there was, uh, 
a private in a porta shitter and they're on top of pal- the porta shitters are plas- put on top of um pallets you okay. know like wood pallets and uh one of the drill sergeants threw a sim a uh, sim grenade underneath there thinking that it would just scare the private in the porta shitter yeah and it had that percussion that concussion oh, whatever you call it yeah that private came out blue oh my he god he was covered no. in just blue porta potty water from head to fucking toe yeah oh it was bad damn it was really it was That's, hilarious that it was probably hilarious. one of the funniest <laughs> things i've ever seen but no one expected it we just thought it was gonna scare him yeah yeah and luckily we got him out of there we told him you can have the longest phone conversation with your mom or girlfriend <laughs> or whatever just don't tell anybody get in the back of the truck you yeah. can get a shower was this go. was this on deployment or was it this was when i was a drill sergeant oh oh okay yeah. gotcha gotcha yeah damn yeah that's awesome <laughs> that's was, hilarious it was, it was it was too funny yeah when we got him out of there before the company commander saw him yeah but he probably would have found it pretty funny too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like when you're uh, when you're a big brother and like your little sibling gets hurt and you're like, don't tell mom, don't tell mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what we were doing. Yeah. This private could have, dis- we could have all been relieved of duty. Yeah. And we were like, you can take a shower. What do you want to eat? You can yeah. eat whatever you want. You can talk to your mom for hours. <laughs> we do not give it because they don't get to talk to their family or anything. Yeah. So like you can have a phone call. You can talk to them for however long you want, Damn. but don't fucking say it. Yeah. God, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's a good story. Um, well, we are coming up on an hour and a half and I know you've listened to a few episodes so I wanted to give you the last word. Um, I know we've been goofing around telling funny stories and stuff, but like you can put some good vibes out there to the universe or you don't have to say anything. I, I, I've i noticed that when I say this to people, it's like they, yeah, they it's like feel like I'm, pressure. I'm putting a lot of pressure on them. I would just say be good to yourself and be good to the others around you. And I don't know, listen to other people's opinions just because they have different opinions doesn't mean they're necessarily wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Quit being so biased. Yeah. Quit, quit listening to the news. <laughs> like you do your own research. I'm with you. A <laughs> Listen to your, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be nice to other people. Do your own research and listen. And listen. Yeah. Yes. I like it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. All right. All right.